welcome to the At Peace Parents podcast. I'm Casey, and I'm here to empower you in your decision-making as a parent of a demand-avoidant child. My goal is to share insights that will generate aha moments and support your connection with your child. I'm a mom of two amazing little boys, one of whom is PBA, and I've worked with hundreds of parents just like you to teach them how to lead their child out of burnout and find the clarity, peace, and sense of community they need. The topic that I want to talk about today is a source of confusion for many parents. I'm seeing it in my DMs. I'm seeing it in the Paradigm Shift community. So I wanted to just kick off with a little bit of a clarification for you guys to help you understand the difference between freeze as a nervous system response and fawn as a nervous system response. So the way I understand it in polyvagal theory is that there's actually a sequence that bodies go through when there is a survival response. So Dr. Porges talks about like the first strategy often being social in nature before your body goes into full on fight flight and then it goes into freeze and then shut down. So freeze is like deer in the headlights and there is like sympathetic activation right? Like you're still having a little bit of fight flight, but you're also frozen. Whereas shutdown actually goes in a different direction where you're sort of immobilized and your metabolism is going to slow down. The blood that's been rushing through to your extremities in order to mobilize and arouse you to fight or flee is actually going to go to your center so that like if you're the antelope and there's a lion and it bites your... legs or arms, there's not going to be as much blood. Okay, so that's like the physiological steps. And part of this, what I want to explain is important because for many of you as parents, and this I've experienced too, when you can't escape your situation with fight or flight, right? Like you guys, we can't fight or flee our children because it's our like most basic responsibility and we would never harm a child. So many of us have gone into that freeze or shutdown state, but when you start to come out of it, you will move through fight, flight, in order to get back to what's called parasympathetic, okay? So like when I've done a ton of healing work and nervous system work and worked with parents who are moving out of the disassociation and freeze and trauma cave, a lot of what feels like anger and agitation comes up as you move through that. So freeze is a combo state. It's a hybrid state of sympathetic activation of fight flight, but also immobilization. I like to think of it as deer in the headlights. And so what this will look like for your PDA child or teen is actually that they're not going to be trying to ingratiate themselves with authorities through social strategies, which is more fun. They're just going to sort of be immobilized, right? So what this can look like in a classroom, for example, is a child who doesn't speak, a child who puts their head down on the desk, a child who seems dissociative, lethargic, looks out the window, maybe goes into a turtle shell, or for a teen, you know, it's a little harder to discern because teens are more like this, (laughs) but just like non-responsive, distracted in their own thoughts, sort of glazed look in their eye, head on the desk, or totally disassociated. Okay. So that's like a freeze response. And it's very similar to what masking looks like in the PDA space of 
internalizing the threat response or the perception from the neuroception, the survival brain that actually I can't let out my fight flight. This is a subconscious perception. I can't let out my fight flight because it's actually not safe. So I'm going to go more into freeze. That's what the brain is telling the body. Whereas fawning is more social strategies in order to get safety by ingratiating oneself with the perceived authority. Okay, so like freeze, like fight or flight, it's a reflexive autonomic response. And it might look like a child or a teen focusing on whether it's the most popular person in a setting or the teacher or someone they perceive as having authority who is not safe. They might be unwilling to say no, unwilling to share their true preferences, hide their true preferences, um, and and really try and help or ingratiate themselves to the authority. So those two things, freeze and fawn, are going to look very different. But because they're not fight or flight, parents often look at them as similar. So I just want to discern between those. And I also want to talk about it from the perspective of a parent, because, you know, I've worked now with hundreds of parents, many of whom are moms, and a lot of moms in this community have a fawn response. And many of them are either like highly sensitive nervous system, anxious, potentially a history of childhood trauma, potentially from an undiagnosed parent with neurodivergence, or their PDA themselves. But because they've been a perfectionist, people pleaser, um, fawn response that they've never recognized it in themselves. And so I actually, not because I'm PDA, but because of my own stuff, have a fawn response that I've been working on for years, which looks like automatic yes all the time, right? No boundaries or like seeking out the person who I need to ingratiate myself with in order to feel safe in a certain social setting. Okay, so for example, how does this play out for my life right now? The reason I have an admin and automatic responses on my emails is because my nervous system response is automatic yes. Like no matter what you ask me, I'm going to say yes, because I am so uncomfortable with the potential for someone getting upset with me that I actually have like a nervous system response, right? A dagger in my heart. So like the work has been, and sometimes I work with parents on this, is like it's literally just like taking a pause before you respond. Like A, awareness of like what's going on. Like why are you constantly saying yes to things that aren't actually serving you? But like imagine if I, Casey, with 37,000 followers continued that pattern of like every time someone in my DM writes me a million questions, I sit there and have a fawn response and fill it out for like 10 paragraphs, which I have done in the past, right? What happens? It ends up burning me out, filling me with resentment and shutting me down. And then I go into freeze. I'm just using an example from my own life because I know how many moms out there especially have a fawn response. It may be related to a different root cause than mine, maybe your PDA, but this is like an important nervous system response to understand. Okay, so social strategies and fawn often come preceding fight flight, then we go into freeze, which is a hybrid state, then we go into full on shutdown, which is like the antelope playing dead because lions don't eat dead prey. It doesn't get talked about quite as much because it does get talked about 
about a lot in the like people-pleasing, high-functioning, codependency, empath space. But in terms of PDA, identifying parents often comes a little later. Additionally, like, you know, we often recognize PDA much sooner with a fight-flight because it's very externalized and we can see it. It looks like oppositional, defiant, or violent behavior. Here's how I think about it, and this is what I would encourage you to think about. So I always want to discern the root cause of what's activating that freeze response. So for example, let's take two scenarios. Let's say like you're growing up in a household where one of your parents was undiagnosed PDA. Maybe they had a more internalized or externalized expression, but you didn't know that, right? And so there was a lot of fluctuation in terms of their moods or their regulation, and it seemed unpredictable when you would get particular responses, which may have just been their fight-flight response or equalizing against you as a safe person in the home. Like, let's say that's your experience and you were not PDA, but you developed hypervigilance in order to keep yourself safe as a trauma response from that childhood experience, And then the trigger could have been intense demands because you anticipated that uncertainty of like, if I don't do it correctly or if I don't do it the way they want, perfectionism, then there's going to be this big blowout that I can't predict. Okay, so that's you may still have a trauma response from your childhood experience without being neurodivergent or with being neurodivergent. Because if you're neurodivergent of any sort, you're going to be more susceptible to that sensitivity. But if your root cause of when you get activated is evocative cues from your past, from your childhood, rather than your neurotype, you can still have that nervous system response of freeze. Let's take the other scenario. These are just like archetypical scenarios. So take the information and the logic and generalize it to your situation. Let's say you are a PDA child and you don't know it and nobody knows it. And your parents might be neurotypical or not PDA. And maybe they're pretty consistent in their parenting, but they're more traditional parents. And the root cause is not evocative cues from your childhood and their dysregulation in the environment, but rather every time your brain perceives a loss of autonomy, and equality, right? So if they're doing traditional parenting, it's going to accumulate in your system and there's going to be that tipping point of the straw, which would be an intense demand. And then you're going to go into freeze because you perceive no ability to fight or flight as a child, right? And then that's going to be overlaid with trauma on top of that. So the reason I point this out is because I have a very sensitive threat response. And so I totally understand the mechanisms. But what's different about me from a parent I'm working with who is PDA by neurotype is that it's not the root cause is not related to my perception of autonomy and equality is related to like perfectionism and needing to make sure my environment is certain in order to stay safe. So I hope this is making sense because often these two archetypes or anywhere in between them (laughs) characterize or describe the parents that are in my world, right? So when I'm in like a program, I'll always say, for example, the the fifth module of the Paradigm Shift program is all about creating safety outside of the home and advocacy, but really it's about you. And we talk about why it's so hard to set boundaries, why it's so hard to communicate your needs, why you're going to have triggers and trauma responses when you're trying to advocate and create safety outside of the home. And it's because usually parents fall on like highly anxious 
all the way to PDA themselves and everywhere in between. You know, it's genetic. And so even if you're not PDA, maybe your spouse is, or maybe your sibling is, or maybe a parent or a grandparent is. And so there's all these family dynamics that interweave and lead to sensitive nervous systems, whether it's genetic or experiential or a combination of the two. So that is a very long-winded answer to your question. But I just, I really like to clarify, like, let's take the root and neuroception, which can be different but it can cause the same nervous system mechanisms. And that's why it can be so hard to pull apart trauma, neurotype, etc. Thanks everyone for being here with me at the At Peace Parents podcast. This is your source for all things related to understanding, supporting, accommodating, and advocating for your PDA child. To go deeper on any of these topics, check out my course offerings and masterclasses at the website www.atpeaceparents.com. To completely transform the way you think about and relate to your child and to bring peace and stability to your home, join us for the next cohort of the Paradigm Shift program.